Rent to own homes, bad idea, only choice, or genius financial move? Welcome back to the show, everybody. Glad to have you here with us. I'm your humble host, Eric Powers with Sky Blue Wealth, here to discuss financial news, money-saving tactics, and other topics that help you to retire. What's on tap specifically today? We're digging into the pros and cons of rent to own homes. Relevant information, whether you're a property owner or hope to be one soon. Rent to own is a viable financial option, but the devil is in the details, so we'll uncover some of those details today. And if you will, please tap the follow button on your podcast app to subscribe to our show and never miss another episode. Join our other regular listeners. We appreciate you all tuning in, and if you've left a review, a big thank you. And stick around until the end of the show for a list of cities where home prices have been slashed recently. All right, let's see. So the first thing to know is that rent to own home buying is generally broken down into two different contract types. One is called the lease option and the other is a lease purchase. I'll break down the differences in just a minute, but if you're wondering why someone would consider doing a rent to own option, here's why. A buyer may not have enough for a down payment or their credit score may not be high enough to get a mortgage just yet. Those are the top two reasons typically, and here's proof, nearly 25% of millennials say that they plan to be forever renters. But there are other reasons rent to own is on people's minds too. Many Americans now like to move around. They like to be free. They like to be able to do remote work. And they may just want to test a city or a region before they commit to a 15 to 30 year mortgage. It's true, I've read about high profile tech workers who don't mind renting even without a rent to own option because they simply don't want to be tied down to one spot too long. Young people don't want to commit to marriage either, but that's a different discussion. Okay, what about sellers on that side of things? Why would property owners even consider letting someone rent to own? Again, there are a few key reasons. I've seen it happen with family members and family friends. The property owner is doing a rent to own option actually to help someone out a bit. You know, to give somebody a good starting point if they don't have great credit or they don't have that down payment. Also, in times or locations where there are more rental properties than renters, often a rent-to-own option can help to ensure that you always have a tenant in a competitive market. In both cases, buyers and sellers, right now with interest rates being so high, rent-to-own is likely to become way more popular. As of this recording, the national median home price is $363,000, folks. And with mortgage interest rates at 6.5%, that has put a lot of people out of the running to actually buy the home. Because if they're trying to do the wise thing financially and put 20% down, that's $72,600. They don't have that just laying around. Most people don't. Try saving up for that while paying historically high rent or college loan payments. Kids, just go live with your parents for a while. Uh, You actually already are, probably. Okay. Back to the two types of rent to own agreements though. The lease option means that you have the option to buy the home at the end of the rental agreement, but you're not obligated to buy. There's more freedom with that option, which we'll dig into as far as contract wording in a couple minutes here. The other type of agreement is the lease purchase. Here you are legally obligated to purchase when the rent time frame expires. And if you don't or cannot buy the home, you could face a lawsuit. Less freedom with this option, obviously. See, there's no guarantee you could get a mortgage when the time comes to do so. Let's say a job loss or interest rates have spiked or other life events that derail your idea of purchasing a home. It's something to keep in mind whether you're the buyer or the seller of a home in a rent to own scenario. 
By the way, I saw these stats over at MLive.com. In 2018, 42% of millennials listed flexibility as their number one reason they would avoid a mortgage. But that stat has dropped to 28% in 2022 as 77.2% of millennial renters say they simply couldn't afford to buy a home now. Sobering thought, right? So why don't we look closer at the pros of rent to own scenarios? For buyers, it gives them a chance to save money for a down payment and time to clean up their credit scores. Also, if they expect a big salary increase in let's say eight to nine months, then that could play a big role as well. Renting to own can provide extra time to upgrade your position financially while keeping a property that you'd like to buy from being sold or rented to somebody else. Another pro is that some of the rent payments can go toward the purchase, meaning you could be building equity in that home while you're renting. If, if, if everything goes as planned and you end up being able to get a mortgage after the rental period ends. Don't forget another big benefit. You are locking in a purchase price of a home, which could be a big plus should home values spike quickly, like in 2020, for example, although that was really an outlying event. Another benefit of renting to own is not having to move from a rental house to, or apartment into a different home. You'll already be at home sweet home so you can avoid the moving costs and hassles. And best of all, you'll have something to show for all those months of renting. Some pros apply to the home seller too. They don't have to deal with a new tenant every year or so, and in some cases, they may like rental payments for a while and then a well-timed home sale that coincides very well with their retirement plans. That's the beauty of a long-range financial plan, right? You can set yourself up for success with a variety of financial tools and options, and you're right rent to own is not usually seen as a financial tool. We're doing a little outside of the box thinking today since we're living in an outside of the box age currently. There's gotta be some cons to discuss too though, right? So here are some of the cons of renting to own. When you're locked in with a lease purchase, you may get a bad surprise if the homeowner himself has gotten into financial trouble. What's an example? They have overdue property taxes. When you get the mortgage and then go to closing, those taxes have to be paid by you if you don't want the purchase to stall. Is this rare? Perhaps it is, but you want to be prepared before you proceed with any rent to own agreement. Which reminds me, in either type of these contracts, there is a ton of flexibility compared to a mortgage contract. You have the freedom of putting in stipulations as long as you and the owner agrees or vice versa if you're the homeowner. But it's crucial that a lawyer really looks through this contract to ensure that you're protected and that everything is clear. Crystal clear. Okay, back to the cons. If you miss a rent payment or you're late, it could void the purchase agreement. That's really bad news if this happens after making payments for 80 or 90% of the contract. All of that work down the drain and the money too. And look, we have to imagine this scenario is actually planned in some cases with the seller renting to these with less than ideal credit. The property owner may expect a late payment eventually, or even hope for it if they can avoid selling, but get the benefit of the upfront fee that usually comes with a rent to own agreement. This fee is a negative for the buyer, by the way. One way to look at this, these agreements can actually make it riskier for a renter. They could throw away more money than in the standard rental due to these upfront fees and higher than average rental payments. Why higher rent payments than location's average rent? Well, it's a common incentive for the homeowner to do the rent to own deal and to pay for locking in the sales price for a year or two, 
since the rise of property values would be a loss for the property owner who agrees to sell based upon the initial property value. So this brings up another pro for the buyer actually. If the home value goes down during the rental period, then they may have a better chance of getting a mortgage since the amount that they need to borrow would be less than the home's current value. In scenarios like that, rent-to-own homes may not be such a crazy idea. Plus, consider this. The majority of millennial renters in a survey I mentioned earlier said that they have nothing saved for a down payment. On average, millennials with down payment savings have $12,773 set aside. That's miles away from the $72,000 needed for a 20% down on a median-priced home. It's challenging times, folks, but not impossible times. There are many outside-of-the-box tools and tactics that help ownership become a reality. Some are uncomfortable and require sacrifice, but if the goal is owning a home, these tactics are definitely worth investigating. On that note, let's do a quick recap, and I'll grab the list of locations where prices have been slashed the most. Rent-to-own homes could get more popular with mortgage rates having gone up so quickly and with home prices still inflated. There are two basic types of rent-to-own contracts. One keeps you locked in and the other gives you freedom to walk away. Both types allow for wiggle room in the contract conditions, but also should be reviewed by a trusted attorney. Should rent-to-own be your first consideration whether you're a buyer or a seller? Well, most real estate experts would say no but it is an option to consider in some situations. What is your situation? Are you changing jobs? Are you about to graduate? Are you rounding the corner towards retirement? Regardless of your situation, now's the time to plan ahead financially. These are outside the box times and a financial review can help you to prepare for what you may not see coming. And it may give you hope where you think that there's not a whole lot. Go ahead and give me a call or reach out to me through my website. I'm happy to answer a question or two. Please schedule an appointment with me today to review your financial plans. Now, before we run out of time, here are 10 locations where homes are becoming more affordable. And this is according to Realtor.com. Five metros with the most home listings showing price reductions starting at number one. Austin, Texas. Phoenix, Arizona. Port St. Lucie, Florida. Huntsville, Alabama. And then Las Vegas, Nevada. Get this, 25% of Austin's listings have seen a drop in asking price. Still, the median home price in this hotspot is $532,500. That's about $170,000 above the national average. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? Okay, number six through 10 for most listings with price slashes, Ogden, Utah, Columbia, South Carolina, with a median home price of 301,000, Nashville, Tennessee, then Flint, Michigan, with a median price well below the national average, obviously a place with terrible water conditions. And wrapping up the list, Colorado Springs, Colorado. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Please take a moment to leave us a review on Spotify and Apple. It means a lot as far as growing the show. Hope you all have a great rest of your day and I look forward to talking with you soon. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor.